there. You're listening to Married to the Ministry, which is part of the Love Worth Finding podcast network. If you are a pastor's wife looking for encouragement or for practical wisdom on how to manage all the challenges of your role with a smile on your face, we're so glad you're here. This is your host, Janet Addison, and I'd like to help you embrace truth and delight in your ministry life. I've just made some yummy hot tea, so why don't you grab a cup and let's chat for a while. Several years ago, when our daughter went to college, um, she had been battling a pain disorder, and then she started having seizures that... um, We took her to several doctors. Nobody could really pinpoint exactly what was going on. So we took her to the Mayo Clinic in uh, Rochester, Minnesota. Um, Loved how they talked up there and said that. Uh, But anyway, we joined uh, an intensive program. Um, It was a group program with several other families. And um, while we were there, we went to classes every day. And uh, like I had classes and she had classes and we were learning about proper sleep hygiene and neuroscience and physical therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy and drugs. And we uh, developed a new vocabulary with big sciencey words. We ate meals together in the program. Plus, on the weekends, we had mandatory group activities we had to do. So all we thought about or talked about for four weeks straight was what we were learning about rewiring our brains in order to reset her nervous system to eliminate the physical problems that she was having. And the doctors and the... um, The medical staff there kept talking about how not thinking about the pain would make her not feel the pain as much, and it would help her not have seizures anymore. And being an unmedical person, this kind of sounded like gobbledygook to me, and I kind of argued with them and resisted this approach they were taking. And, you know, I said, can we just have some real medicine But finally, a couple of days before we were supposed to graduate from the program and I was struggling because I thought, well, I don't really think this has helped. We're not getting it. Um, I was having my quiet time that morning and the Lord spoke into my confusion and reminded me of Romans 12, 2, the verse that says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I clearly heard him say, what do you think this means, but exactly what these doctors are teaching y'all? So you're probably very familiar with this first two, but do you know what it means to renew your mind? Do you know how to work that out in real life? Because I really didn't. So I started studying God's Word, and I found some great practical books on renewing your mind that um, I'll be sharing with you in later episodes. But I started practicing this discipline in several areas of my life. For example, my food choices. Um, I'm trying to eliminate my bad emotional eating habits. I've started renewing my mind about my feelings of anger and bitterness that I might be harboring. And yes, pastor's wives can feel angry and bitter. And I've I really started applying this to the way I respond to my husband. 
in certain areas. So, you know, I'm just wondering, do you ever struggle with discipline in any of these areas? Because yes, even ministry wives can get frustrated with their pastor husbands. For example, when he's always on the phone, or it seems like church needs are always more important than your needs. What thoughts usually are going through your heads? I know what I'm thinking. Well, there he goes again, checking those emails. He pays more attention to the church people than he does to me. Or what about this one? He's too exhausted from handling all the church issues to take care of the things at home I need him to do. Or maybe you've had this thought. His meeting ran long again and he missed our son's ball game. I'm so tired of feeling like a single parent and making excuses for why he's not here. Can you relate to any of these situations? And the Lord has shown me that the devil loves to whisper lies that begin to swirl around in my head. And as I dwell on these negative thoughts, I begin to believe them and they become a filter through which I view my circumstances and they color the way that I view my role as a pastor's wife. And they can affect the way I see my husband. And then they really begin to start influencing my emotions. And so now anger or bitterness or depression can start to grow. And these things, when my emotions are getting all churned up, then that kind of reinforces the lies and the negative thoughts. And it doesn't take very long for this to become a dangerous cycle and an established thinking pattern that I kind of fall into automatically. If I'm not intentionally paying attention to, oh, that's Satan trying to tell me a, a, a lie. You know, I have to be aware of his voice in my head and deliberately stop the cycle and focus on truth instead of lies. Because if I'm always thinking about what I perceive as a shortcoming in my husband, then the more frustrated and resentful I'm going to feel. And the easier it can be to take offense the next time he picks up his phone or comes home late from a meeting. So be honest. Have you ever found yourself doing something like this? If you're feeling neglected because your hubby is consumed with church business, do you ever start to distance yourself emotionally from him so maybe he'll just be reminded what he's missing when he's not spending more time at home. I've certainly struggled with this. I huff and I pout and my tone of voice becomes sharp and then I start, you know, I busy myself completing household tasks that he hasn't gotten around to finishing yet. And then when he does try to help me out or put me first, show me some attention, I'm either too frustrated with him to appreciate his efforts, or I kind of receive it with an ungrateful, well, it's about time attitude that does not bless him. I can tell you that. So the cycle of negative thinking is hard to break because the more we do it, the easier it is to do it again. My mind needs renewing, which means I've got to quit thinking the wrong way. I've got to quit believing the lies and I've got to start thinking the truth. So how do we do this in real life when our insides are churning because we're upset about something and those negative thoughts are just getting louder and louder in our heads? I got to confess, this very morning, 
I got up extra early to have my quiet time because I had my whole day open for just working on this episode and getting it finished. So I soaked a while in Psalm 119, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And it's really rich about the power of God's word in our lives. And y'all, I was reading and highlighting verses about truth and lies, renewing your mind verses like 104, 118, 128, and 163. You need to go look those up. And then a church wrench got thrown into our day. And Greg asked me to step in and fix the problem. Well, I got annoyed because once again, church plans are more important than my plans. And I didn't really appreciate the way my husband handled the situation. And I heard Satan whisper in my ear, see, he's doing it again, totally disrespecting what you had planned for the day. And I listened and I agreed with those thoughts. And before I knew it, I popped off about it in front of church people. (laughs) Now, how many biblical, I mean, we're in the Sam's parking lot, (laughs) y'all, and I did this. And how many biblical principles did I violate just today? And then I had to come back and finish writing this lesson. So I'm not just preaching to the choir here, ladies. I am preaching to this pastor's wife. So, you know, when something like this happens to us, how do we let the word transform us? instead of reacting like the world does. And that's what the Bible calls being conformed to this world. When we feel ourselves getting riled up like this, we need to stop in the moment, take a deep breath, and start running through as much truth as we can in our minds. You know, just truth like this. Okay, my husband didn't cause this problem His day off got messed up too. It wasn't just my plans that got messed up. His did too. He did help me clean the kitchen this morning. So he is trying to be helpful for me. And he counts on me to support him and to help him. And is is this situation worth him losing faith in me and me abusing his trust? Then I start thinking about scripture. Okay, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 talks about We should have humility, value others above ourselves, not looking to my own interests, but to the interests of others. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, forgiving one another, tenderhearted. 1 Corinthians 13 is full of truth that we as women really need to to, uh, think about all the time because love suffers long, it's patient, it's not easily provoked. It bears all things. It's not jealous. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. You know, choosing to think these thoughts over and over, and, you know, you may have to say them out loud if that helps, but thinking these thoughts over and over until we feel the Holy Spirit kind of diffuse our anger and we calm down enough to shake off the sting of hurt feelings or we can find edifying words to speak into the situation. You know, keep thinking these thoughts over and over until I can overlook the offense that was done me. And I can forgive. I can move on in love and kindness instead of wearing my frustration like a new Easter dress that I want everybody to notice and feel sorry for me and think, oh, she's so mistreated. 
And ladies, Jesus knew I was going to be tempted this way today, and he gave me the verses beforehand so I'd be prepared. But I read the word too casually this morning. And 1 Timothy 2.15 calls us to be diligent students of the word so we're not ashamed and we're able to accurately handle the word of God. So simply reading scripture and even highlighting verses is not the same thing as renewing your mind. Renewing is a continual, deliberate exercise, a spiritual discipline that we must work out in our minds over and over through the power of God's truth. A continual process, renewing. And, you know, somehow neuroscience and the Mayo Clinic seem to understand this process better than most Christians do. That's why our daughter's therapy program included almost 28 days straight of focused, repetitive, consistent protocols that included new thoughts to think, you know, old thoughts we had to quit thinking, new rules to follow about sleep and exercise and medicine and conversation and behavior. And I even had to relearn how I was accommodating her pain and things like that. So we had lots of new things to learn. We were saturated with new truths over an extended period of time, and our daughter was miraculously transformed, praise the Lord, in her mind and in her body. Her activity level was restored, and her, her health was restored as well. Her particular condition was reversed because she did the hard work of rewiring her brain. Neuros, uh, scientists call it building new neural pathways. By thinking different thoughts, constantly enough that those new thoughts became her default thoughts. So ladies, if you're struggling in the season of marriage or in ministry, let me encourage you to look for truth that speaks directly into your situation. Don't believe the lies that the devil wants to tell you. Ask God to show you verses that will speak truth into your difficulty. Learn to renew your mind so you can be transformed. God wants you to be victorious, not defeated in this mental battle. If you'd like some more wisdom from, um, from Pastor Adrian Rogers on this topic, be sure to check out his article entitled, Who's Winning the Battle for Your Mind and for Your Family? I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes for you. So thanks for spending time with me today, friend. I hope my story about how I'm learning to renew my mind blesses you and encourages you to build that discipline into your life as well. So until next time, let's pay attention to our thoughts and let's embrace truth so we can be delighted in ministry life. Mm-hmm.